Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck Podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and the profane move together, like two sides of the same coin. I found that personally, the most magical view I can choose of life is when I find the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of life. In this podcast, you can expect to hear inspiring conversations and storytelling that touch the heart and awaken the soul. This is a place for the modern seeker, passionate human, and curious explorer. A place where we can redefine what is sacred and what is profane, and just have the courage to open to it all. A place where we can step out of the mainstream programming and choose what stories and beliefs and rituals we hold sacred and true. On this podcast, you're going to hear from people on all sorts of walks of life, sharing what they're passionate about, what keeps them awake at night, what they consider to be sacred, what they consider to be profane, how they have explored life and freed their hearts and souls through love and spiritual practice, art, meditation, sex, drugs, birthing, prayer, just experiencing life in all of its wild tragedies and comedies. Plus, ideas, explorations, advice, and truths from me on sex, relationships, spirituality, and what it means to be a human on this planet at this time. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't fit into the flattened ideas of good and bad and spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. On today's podcast, I have my dear friends, Sophie and Adi Jaffe. These two are incredible, legendary, married, beautiful family, run their businesses. They are very inspiring humans. And in this podcast, we talk about the fact that during the course of our friendship, I have also stepped in as a facilitator and coach for them as a couple and also for Adi. And we talk about how how it's possible to sometimes work with your friends in this way and to have communication and boundaries around it. And sometimes the best facilitators can be our friends. We also talk about polarity in this podcast. And I just want to give a tiny disclaimer that we don't go into the depths of what it is, where it came from, what it exactly means. So I hope it doesn't confuse anyone. But I will put some resources in the show notes if you want to go into that more deeply. And perhaps I'll have another episode where we discuss it more deeply. It was part of um, some practice that Sophie and Adi did together to create a magnetic force between them as a couple. Um, And since they both work really hard and they're both very powerful humans, at the end of the day, they found that they needed to bring in some practices that would create a juicy magnetism between them. And that's one thing that we did in our coaching work. So enjoy this podcast. Sophie and Adi are truly amazing. And they share very, very vulnerably about their sex life in this podcast, problems they've had in their life regarding their intimacy, what it's like to have three kids and have a sex life at the same time. They also talk about infidelity that they experienced together and all kinds of other things. They are incredibly generous. Please like, subscribe this podcast. Let me know what resonates, what stood out and enjoy. 
Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have my dear friends, Adi and Sophie Jaffe, today on the podcast. These two humans are like bright light, warm-hearted souls, mm. and I'm just really happy to have them in my life and to share them with you and to share all of them with you, their mm. trials and tribulations. And um, some of the things that they've been through as a couple, I think, are going to be really um, inspiring, maybe shocking, uplifting, um, and and heart-opening for those of you listening. So welcome, Sophie and Adi. So happy to have you here. So happy to be here with you. Thank so you proud so of you. I love us. your podcast. I've been listening to it. I oh. love you so much, but just because I love someone doesn't mean I love their work. I love your podcast. <laughs> That is so true. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you yeah. love their work. There are yeah. some of my friends who post stuff on Instagram that I'm just like, no. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. What do you do when you see stuff like that? Ignore mm. it. You ignore it. Yeah, you don't tell your don't. friends. No. I mean, if Once if I they... got on a high horse and I told my friend, I said, I don't like what you wrote. <laughs> what you wrote. I feel like it's exclusive and something well, like that. I... I think when it comes to that point, like actually just this morning, a girlfriend of mine, we have very different political beliefs. We're still close friends. We've been friends for over 15 years. And she posted something that I didn't think was funny. And I said, I don't, I don't see the humor in this. I don't think it's funny. Yeah. And she said, oh, well, plenty of people are posting it. And, you know, I think X, Y, and Z. And I said, I'm connecting this to the suffering in the world right now. And it's making me sad. And I think that you're like laughing at the expense of other people and mm. people's babies are dying from this stuff and people's partners and nurses and doctors. And, and it all connects to me. And she's like, it's not about that. It's about the masks. And I'm like, it's not disconnected though. And it hurts mm. my feelings and it feels mean spirited. So we got into it. You did. She's you also a very, we are best friends. And so mm -hmm. That you were able to be honest. We were able to get through it. And yeah. at the end we were, I said, look, I'm just sad. Mm -hmm. And she said, I am too, you know, mm -hmm. and she's coping in her way by posting stuff. She thinks is funny and exactly. it just didn't, wasn't funny to me. And I had to share that with her. So I think it's important in friendships. If you do have differing beliefs, if, you know, maybe you don't support someone's work in a certain way or their stance, it is good to talk about it. Not Otherwise, all the time. I think it's just kind of keeps you separate, but it's definitely touchy things to talk about, like yeah, tender. being sensitive and being and, saying it from a place of love. Yeah. And also like taking responsibility for like, hey, this is my stuff and this is like my own trigger. And I, is it okay if I share yeah. it with you, mm -hmm. you know, but not like putting it on the other person, like you triggered that's actually me. Very, I think that's a very different way of even bringing it up is, hey, I just wanted to mention to you what what you share brought up for me which is very different i think we've just we we've gotten so divided and so divisive yeah. and so polarized which we're going to talk about polarity but maybe there's maybe there's sometimes room for polarity and other times um room for kind of like yeah in sex we want the polarity but like uh, we don't we like carrying it all the time can be really problematic for you all your relationships right and so um I think that kind of context, it's funny, we have therapy right after this, but like, that's, it's the same in your relationship is you want to remember how to talk to your person, not from an attacking, look at what you did wrong. How dare you sort of perspective, but rather from a, Hey, here's, here's how what just happened impacted me. Um, believing and trusting that you're in a relationship with somebody who cares about you and will therefore respond in a way that respects that 
impact, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's something that like from a really mature place on a good day we can do, but like if we're not fully resourced or if we're like just too triggered, we may just go into blame. And I do it in my relationship sometimes. And then I yeah. luckily have the awareness sometimes after the fact. And I'm like, ooh, actually you can't make me feel any kind of way. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like you, it's not, you know, I can't put it on you, but I can use language to say, wow, that fucking hurt. Ow, mother you know, and not go instead, look at that person and go, fuck you. You're a dick. You, mm. you ruined this. You did this. Mm. So, um, I think social media is just a really strange and funny trigger pool of moments like that, where it's a lot easier to go, wow, that person, um, did something wrong or did something bad, or I don't like how they did it, you know, because yeah. it's a place of opinions. And Yeah. And I think also there's also some truth in, you know, for me this morning with my girlfriend, like I, I just kind of roll over and let her, like, let her be herself. I'm like, it's her page. Let her do what she wants to do. And today I was like, you know what? I haven't said anything in a while. This feels kind of hurtful yeah. and I'm sad. And yeah. I don't, I just saw my kids in the hospital, my, my friend's kids in the hospital. Like, and yeah. so I sent her the post and said, sorry, I just saw this. Yeah. This is what it brought up and I'm feeling yeah. sad. And then she yeah. was able to say, I'm sad too. Yeah. Even though yeah. we're on different, but you know, we, yeah. we're all sad right now. Everything's weird right now. Yeah. And that's okay to talk about that, even though we don't yeah. agree. And that's what I, I, well, I love that you guys are so honest as two people and, you know, you have a PhD, you work with people with addiction and shame and you've, you all work with couples together. And Sophie, yeah. you've been sharing about your journey, um, your healing journey, your journey with your family, your journey with a D, your journey with being a mother, all of that so vulnerably and publicly for many years. So um, just like you being able to communicate to a friend openly is based on years of practice, I yeah. imagine. And you all have been in over a decade of practice in intimacy as a couple. Yes. Right? And I want to say that it doesn't mean, at least in my case, that it gets easier. Like It's I agree. not like it's not easier. It's still, I still get butterflies. I still feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, yeah. if a D and I are in an intimate moment, I've known a D for 17 years now. We've been in a form of a relationship together. Like we have three kids. We've cohabitated for 15 years. Like we're in it. And I still feel funny sometimes speaking my truth and saying yeah. what's hurting me and something he did that made me feel a certain way. Still, it's not like it yeah. gets easier, but it is our practice. And it is, it was on brand for me to say that this morning. And it comes yeah. to no surprise to my close friends, but it still doesn't make it easy. It's still yeah, a practice. To, you know, I have to say for me, it's definitely easier, mm -hmm. but it's still a challenge. Yeah. Like when, when Sophie and I met, I would say it was, it felt near impossible. Mm. And now not only do I know it's possible, but there's the other piece, which I know we'll talk about in, uh, in the work that you and I did, Alexander, this came up a lot. I at least have the knowledge that if I get brave enough to bring it up, life will get better, which mm. is not the way it was before, right? Mm -hmm. Decades ago, my thought was, I have to figure out how to solve this on my own, or this is the wrong person for me, or I need mm -hmm. to leave. Like that was, that was the only conversation happening in my head. So now coming to Sophie and saying, out loud the thoughts that before were only allowed to exist in my head that's a huge step 
Um, So definitely easier, not easy, but easier. Well, and on the heels of that, I want to just add that I definitely feel in my bones a sense of trust now that we've done this so many times and in so many different ways, Mm -hmm. a trust in knowing that whatever happens to the relationship will be better Mm -hmm. because of the honesty and the radical transparency, even if it's painful, it will be better than keeping my mouth shut. It'll be better to speak my voice, to show up to that conversation, to have that fight, to dig into that issue, whatever it might be. I will, we will always be me and the person in relationship will always be better and closer from it. Even if it's really, really challenging to get through it. Yeah. Well, I think this is really important for people to hear because I think that there's still this belief and it's a misbelief that probably comes from, you know, religion, movies, all that stuff that you get into a relationship and that it's A, not supposed to be hard or not supposed to be that hard and that B, at a certain point, you kind of figure it out. So for you guys to, to share publicly, like, well, it's been 17 years and it's not, it's not that it necessarily gets easier, but maybe we have more capacity to meet it and to meet mm. its challenges. We have mm. more resources, more tools, more knowledge. Um, we've done our own practices to know ourselves more. So, but the actual relating part, it's not like that it, obstacles exactly. still arise, problems yeah. still arise. Our toolbox is overflowing. We have lots of tools to pick from. It's we also, just have to actually use them though. Well, but it's also, so again, I think, you know, just for, for some perspective, like, like I said, some of the things that we just take for granted that we do in our relationship now were unthinkable. Like what? Tell me, years, tell me. 18 years ago. Well, like, I mean, here you want, we're going to, this is uh this is all about <laughs> radical transparency. Um, I was sick for a week. We've been really challenged because the kids have been home from school, which leaves even less space. I run a company. Sophie runs a company. No nanny. We help each other. <laughs> Nannies have been MIA because A, COVID, B, Travel. one of them got married and traveled. It's been a month and a half from hell in the in just having nothing to do with our relationship. So we haven't like we haven't been able to be intimate in a couple of weeks because um I was sick. So I, I was out of commission and then things have been hard otherwise. So we've been trying to reconnect the last few days. I'm healthy again. <laughs> Natty's slowly coming on board. Kids are going to school and it's just been like, just missing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and just stretched you then stretched yeah. you then. Sophie will text me. I have time. I go up. She shows up 50 minutes later. I don't have time anymore. I ask. It's not the right time in the past. Yeah. We wouldn't have even known to ask. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we were magical com- time would show up. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't have even been comfortable enough for Sophie to text. Hey, was in yoga, was thinking about you. When I come home, do you have time? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have vocalized when I got into bed in a very explicit way. Are you, can we like, is this the right time? Mm-hmm. I would have just kept it in hoping like Sophie just said that it would just happen because, you know, we love each other. And then there's just not enough space for that anymore. And then the processing after. Because if you know if you're listening, that's at least two or three times that we have tried it. Just didn't it just didn't work. So one time we made out, and it's just that's as much as we could. Like the kid knocked on the door. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> one time we locked the door. The kid knocks on the door like thirty seconds in. Before the level of hurt would be massive because we wouldn't be able to process it together. Because I would feel rejected, or Sophie would feel rejected, and those sound like small things, but they're not because those yeah, things huge. come up. They come up. At least once a week for us, I'd say every two or three days, something like that comes up, not necessarily around sex, about something. 
the ability to process, we now just take it for granted. But to me, this is what led to yeah. some of the early trauma. This is what led to some well, of the- We didn't know how. We yeah. had no idea. I literally didn't know yeah. how to do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so beautiful to hear just like Sophie, that you would take that moment and go, hey, I'm thinking about you. Do you have time to connect, 10 minutes to connect? And whether that's just like, you know, some tickling and a few deep breaths or whether that's a kiss or whether that's sex, it's like, it doesn't quite matter so much, but like how, how much work you guys put in for you to actually notice that heart flutter of, oh my God, my love, like my man, to notice that heart flutter and then not only to notice it, but to take action on it. That takes a lot of courage in a marriage, in a relationship, in a dating. It doesn't matter. Like you guys are saying, it's like, it's not because you're married that, oh, all of a sudden we just know we love each other guaranteed and we feel comfortable all the time. No, no so we get insecure all the time about it. Like, oh, does he not want me anymore? Like we haven't had sex in two weeks. Is he going to get really upset? Like, no, he's not going to get upset. We are in a relationship with three kids and multiple businesses. He's on the other receiving end. We are in this together but the insecurities still come up and the only way out is through. You just have to like keep showing up to one another. Yeah. Well, so when I met you guys, I guess it was probably back in like 2017 or something. Yeah. I can't quite remember or maybe 2018, but somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I came to your house with a, right. a, a teacher friend, coach of mine, Michael, and we led you guys in a couple's practice. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Do you remember that, that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met you before then, but we, yes. We yeah. did a podcast with you before, but I think it was 2017. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. 2017, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. was it 2017? Yeah, we, yeah, somewhere around there. Or maybe it. it was 2018. But yeah, I had met Sophie um, at this retreat that I was leading a moon ritual at in Palm Springs. But you all were so um, open at that time to let I was me super in. pregnant with Noah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was, that was four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And to let me and my, you know, friend come in and lead you all in a polarity practice, because at the time I was like really deep in that study. And I was like, wow, this is so magical. I've experienced so much beauty in coming into, and I want to just kind of, this podcast won't be about this, like a 101 for anyone listening, but I'll give just a little bit of my own interpretation and experience around doing polarity practice. It's like a space where um, a man can occupy or or someone who wants to occupy like a masculine pole or, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with physical gender. It can be something that someone wants to try. So I, as a woman, when I'm holding women um, as my coaching clients, I'm often occupying a space of structure so that they can let go. So the more that I kind of create this space for them to surrender into, you could say that's masculine. You could say that's strong feminine. You could say that structure, like it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, genderized though. That's how I learned it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a space where, there's a communication between two people. And so say with Sophie and a D, Sophie is a woman who like holds a lot. She like mm-hmm. um, supports other people. She runs a big business. She's um, in her own like holding of systems and managing. And in those moments, it's not like when you're running a big business, you can 
stop for your feelings every 10 seconds. Like you're holding all these other people and their feelings and the nanny and the kids and all this stuff. So what we were doing in that session back then was giving you, Sophie, the space to just soften, to let go, to let a D hold you deeply and for you to feel safe to just become like mushy or wild or like totally liberated or a mess or whatever it was in his mm. arms. Do yeah. you guys like, yeah. I hope that's an understandable definition without spending an hour trying to explain. Yeah. yeah sure. I think that's great. What do you, what would you add to that idea? Um, I mean, I don't know if I would add anything to the general concept of a practice, but you mentioned Sophie's a, Sophie's a big person in general, like in terms of, the um, energy and the space that she takes up. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I realized somewhat in that practice, but then in some of the follow-up work that you and I did, Alexandra, is that in partnership, when we want, to, when we want to be in that polarity place, right. When we want to be turned on, when we want to turn the other person on, when we want them to have that craving for us, um, like a magnet, like two sides of a magnet that want to go yeah, ding and like yeah. connect. Exactly. Like if I want to create more moments for Sophie to be in her yoga practice and be like, ah, oh, then it's my presence. And that mm. was part of the big practice without explaining it now. It's my presence that has to hold the space. And in that practice, it's literally about holding, right? Like, and breathing mm. into it and creating a bigger vessel in some way. Mm. And in that way, it does relate back to some of those some of the stereotypical components of what it, what the masculine means in terms of really holding and being firm and, and grounded and strong, mm -hmm. but not just physically and definitely not in an aggressive, violent way, but rather in an open, accepting, um, balanced. balanced and intimate way. Yeah. And so I yeah. learned that definitely in that practice was one of the first times, but then in some of the follow-up work that you did with me on polarity, I learned that more in the reality that I live in is I live with a woman where you need to create a lot of space there because <laughs> she, that's what she needs, which is mm. a beautiful challenge for me to go. Right. I think a lot of times if we're not getting what we want in a relationship, we're not getting sex. We're not getting our, our partner to act the way we want them to. We've learned like, what's wrong with them? Why are they not? And what you taught me in that practice. And from there, like, what am I doing that my my wife is not reacting to me the way that I wanted to react. And that's a very different question yeah. to be asking. Yeah. Well, I want to add something that's really interesting and maybe you can help explain this, Alexandra, but I thought that a D needed to come to you to become oh more feminine. Oh my and God. So I remember that. I, we, talk, we talked about this. Right. And so it's an interesting thing when you think about masculine, and feminine, masculine, and feminine, I want a D to be more soft for me and hold me. But actually what you decided is what once meeting with him was he, we actually need to increase the polarity. Like you guys are too similar right now. You're both riding on the same wave. A D needs to become even bigger and more present so that you can then become more feminine because he is owning his masculinity. And I think that my masculinity and my strength and that energy he talks about is so overcompassing and so intense and so strong that it throws him off usually. And he's like, you're a lot. I can't hold the space. I'm just going to go this way because I don't want to misstep. And instead I'm like, you pussy, like 
get the fuck up. I'm not, I'm not fucking you if you can't hold space for me, but I didn't even know what I needed. And then you taught us no, by him becoming even more masculine and saying, I am present and I'm your man and I am here. Give it all to me. Mm. That is actually what I was looking for, but I didn't know what I was looking for. I just wanted my partner and I to have better connection and more presence and better sex and find each other more often. And we were having trouble. And when you investigated, that's what you found. Yeah. Well, and I love that because it's, it almost speaks to just the complexity, just like that a woman would go, Hey, friend of mine, would you coach my husband to become more feminine? (laughs) (laughs) And then that, you know, a D would arrive and we would talk a little bit and then go, wait a minute you don't need to become more feminine. Like you need to find your breath, find your balls, find your capacity to stay present in the room, even when she's all anxious and she's like wobbling and she's, you know, um, you know, kind of like, like I'm envisioning like a fish when it's like flopping around, like, ah, (laughs) sorry, Sophie, not, not that that's you. But you know, those moments that we all have like two hours ago. Yeah. You know, those moments that we all have where it's like um, that, that that you don't need someone to mirror you there. You need someone to hold you there. And, um, and, and then that gives you more, and it's not even necessarily more capacity to become more feminine, but it's more capacity to soften, to, to reveal the truth of your heart, yeah. to reveal the depth of your heart. Like, I can't do it. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm flailing. I'm, I'm, you know, to reveal that part, not the part that's like, it's fine. I can get, I've got it covered. I can do it myself. And that's exactly. the thing. I think <laughs> with a lot of modern couples, it's like you, we have uh, a lot of us women, we do hold a lot. And it's so easy in a moment to go, it's fine. I can do it myself. I've got it covered, which is totally like ball chop. And so, um, you know, Adi, I think you were able to uh, not necessarily change Sophie in those moments, but, but just you staying present, deepening your breath staying in the room, not picking up your phone. Like I wasn't in, in you guys' house, but I'm imagining, you know, some of the things <laughs> that then I'm curious, like, as you started deepening your own practice, Adi, of like presence and awareness and breath, how did it change you guys' dynamic? Yeah. So we were talking about this right before, cause we were kind of talking about our relationship and, and um, our relationship with you and, and where it's gone. And I'll be very frank, like any practice, like any habit, it's something that mm. I get better at and, and have to relearn periodically. And then through cycles, I find myself in moments where I'm really strong in it and moments that I'm, I'm less so. Um, but in the, same, in the same vein of what you're talking about, you know, we talked about this before, so this isn't new to you, but I'll just share it here. This concept of not being enough, and in this context, it's not holding enough space for a very strong woman, but it started when I was like in junior high that I remember it, you know, feeling like I wasn't enough or I couldn't get the cool girl or whatever the thing was in my head. Like I wasn't good looking enough, wasn't athletic enough, wasn't fill in the blank. I, I probably ran through all of them, which is ironic because, you know, life will throw things at you until you freaking get it at some point. And the joke for me when I met Sophie when we were at UCLA is, um, I was obviously incredibly attracted to her and she had this magnetism, but I remember even as we were connecting going like, I think she's like using me for school. 
I, it's almost like I couldn't, couldn't allow possibly love you. I couldn't allow <laughs> for the possibility that I was good enough again, right? Like it had to be, mm. it had to be an angle. And yeah. so I think for me, the internal struggle in this work is to know that I have the strength and the power and the, the resources to hold that space, yeah. right? It's not really about Sophie so much. It's about no matter what she brings to the equation for me to go, I got this. Yeah. Like, I can rise to this level. Oh, you're fucking bringing it more. Okay. You're losing your shit more. I can bring it like. How beautiful is that too, that it allowed you to challenge your insecurities. And the minute that you're, pre it's kind of like how Marianne Williamson says, you can't have fear in the presence of love. Mm. It's like in the presence of his insecurities, he can't hold me. In the absence of his insecurities, if he believes that he can, then he can. Mm. How powerful is that? And then mm -hmm. he's, and then the bonus is like he gets to hold me too. And then we've got a mm -hmm. more intimate connection. It's so interesting. Hello. Okay. So I just want to take a quick break from the episode to share about one of my affiliate partners, Chakrabs, the original crystal sex toy company. You may have seen me share about them on Instagram or in the press because I have because I love them. <laughs> Vanessa Cuccia, who is the founder of the company, and she was also a guest on this podcast in episode six, she really pioneered the idea of using crystals for heightened sexual and spiritual intimacy. Each chakra is handcrafted from a 100% natural crystal, and they're completely body safe. And the store carries a wide array of products that infuse your energetic field with the subtle energy that the crystal of your chakra holds. Using a chakra over time can help build sensitivity and reawaken subtle sensations within your body. Yay! <laughs> I have personally used them and for years, and I love their products. And over the last few years, I've recommended them to many clients and survivors of sexual trauma, not only for exploring their self-pleasure, but for healing, releasing blockages, feelings held in the body, and rebuilding and reawakening their relationship to sexuality and sensuality over time. And also, they are these beautiful objects which you can put like on an altar in some way in your home to really um, embrace them. So use the link in the show notes and the code is Love at checkout to receive a 10% discount in the store. Big love and enjoy. Now back to the episode. Yeah. And I think that like, it's your, even on the, your just nervous system level, Adi, who you were when you guys met and who you are now in terms of your capacity to be with your breath, be with sensation, be with emotion. Um, a lot of men can't hold sensation, emotion, breath in their own body. And so holding then kind of inviting that of another would be just like, it's not even possible on that it sort of possible. psycho mm. and, and somatic, you know, the um, physiological. But I think Adith, over time, since I've known you, I feel like you're taller and bigger mm -hmm. and broader, but you're not mm -hmm. really physically, you mm -hmm. know, but I feel like whether it's being a father, whether it's kind of coming into deeper awareness through breath, meditation, just self-awareness. Maturity. I think maturity yeah. too, just like sinking into himself. Well, look, yeah. I'll, I'll say this and I don't know the balance of men and women who listen to this, but if it's I think it's mostly very, women, but <laughs> I'm being very heteronormative here. So I apologize yeah. as I, as I step in this puddle right now, 
in reality, I think this is the way it worked for me is your eyes get open to what's happening, but you still can't change it because you still don't have the tools, right? Mm. You just, I'm, I became aware. Yeah. Um, mm. And again, right. Again, part of our story, maybe we just leave links to this because I don't want to waste everybody's time on this, but like I cheated on Sophie when we started out dating. She left me for almost a year. I had to learn how to be a different person and rise to the occasion. If there's one thing I know, certainly one of the things I'm really happy I got from my dad, for instance, is I don't quit. Like, I don't know how to quit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but I don't know how to quit. So when I lost Sophie, I was like, that's fucked up. I really wanted her. I wanted everything to work out. And yet she was actually one of the first people I ever actively cheated on, like with another human being. Mm -hmm. And I had to think to myself, I'm like, what the fuck? Why? That Mm -hmm. makes no sense. So I went into some pretty deep personal work, which then when we met again, 10 months later, gave me enough growth for her to be willing to give me another chance, essentially. But what happens throughout our relationship, again, that was 17 years ago that we got back together. There are constantly moments of learning where I can get better and where I can get stronger, where I can get bigger. My biggest challenge, my biggest source of growth has been every moment that I'm open to that experience and I see the challenge we have and I stop believing that Sophie has to fix something and I mm-hmm. figure out what I can repair in myself. And she's mm-hmm. got to do her own work and, yeah. and that's on her. But having kids changed me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, having Sophie push in a deep way, I, was, I just worked 10 years ago. Like all I did was work. I've gradually had to allow more, which means I had to open up heart space to let Sophie in and the kids in and all that. And sexuality, I mean, all these different aspects. So in, in reality, it is like lifting weights in some way. It is like working out. My tolerance has gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to hear that it translates. The way that it uh, translates for us is we're, def- we're having better sex than we've ever had. Um, I may always want it more than, than I can get it. But that's, that's also like part of the deal sometimes. <laughs> we're not going to necessarily have the same metric there. But we have a deeper connection as a couple that had cheating and some intense stuff happened after that. The fact that a lot of couples look to us and go, wow, I want your kind of relationship. That to me is a massive um, signal of the power of the work we've done. One of the things that I really, that stood out for me, which maybe would stood out to other people listening was the kind of takeaway after all that journey and after all that story, after all of the content that you guys have lived through and freaking 17 years that, you know, you're still with it and it keeps getting better. Mm. It keeps getting more open, more real. Um, it keeps getting uh, more alive sexually. And so that, that part feels really good to just hear and to witness in you all. And when you were saying like fix and repair, I kind of wanted to school you mm. a little bit and be like, mm. no, <laughs> Please. just because, Always. because, you know, I, I know a lot of it, I mean, coming from like a Jewish background or a Christian background, like there is this like becoming better, better people, like fixing ourselves. But I honestly, like, I feel like it's less about fixing, but more about just showing up open um, to whatever it is that arises, you know? And um, so for, for whatever that is worth, just throwing mm. that in there because... I think that so many people get kind of obsessed in the self-betterment, like I have mm-hmm. to keep being better. And what is better even defined by? Mm-hmm. More money or more success or more sex or more, more, you know, whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it's like, 
or could could I could I look at it and define it as to how open, how available I am to this moment together? Mm-hmm. And can that be, you know, my standard of success for this relationship? Like, so I don't know. In my yeah, own, presence. presence. Yeah. Just yeah. like how present can I be with my life that is here? Like, I think I'm as successful as I need to be, like, as I want to be, this is it. This is success. I have beautiful, healthy children, amazing home, the perfect partner for me, amazing girlfriends in my life that enrich it travel. Like I have the ability to go where I want to go when I want to do it and do what I love, um, inspire people. Like I have, I have as much success as I ever want. And now it's now my challenge is to show up and be present to it. Yeah. Yeah. And soak it in and allow the magic to just be here. Yeah. Cause then what I've found in like the power of manifesting is the minute I stop being grateful for it, the minute that I stop appreciating the little tiny things and I'm annoyed by it or frustrated or like, Oh, there's a mess or whatever. Like, instead of being like, Oh, I'm going to do the dishes because I'm so grateful and appreciative of these beautiful, this pottery and this Mm -hmm. beautiful, these people to feed and, you know, all of those things, the minute my perspective shifts is the minute that I'm no longer successful is the minute that I'm no longer Mm. happy. The minute that it's, it's a choice every single day. And now that Mm -hmm. I've already created the perfect life for me, now my challenge is to show up and be present to it instead of nitpicking things that don't actually bring anyone Mm any sort of peace or joy, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to make me actually happier because he shifts one small annoying thing. Like it doesn't matter. Why do I need to focus on that? I need mm. to get that on tape. Um, can, I get that <laughs> snip- can I get that snippet of the recording? Um, I What I try to do personally is I try to, if I can, when I'm, when I'm centered and I'm really present and I'm really grounded, I actually try to have both. What do I mean? Like, I mean, I try to, be so grateful and I have an entire practice around gratitude because gratitude doesn't come easily for me. So I've had to practice a lot um, and I do it every single morning. Be completely grateful for everything that's already here. Yeah. And open and forward looking in terms of things I'd like to change, things I'd like to move towards, et cetera. Yeah. So it's just this balance that I try to strike to the best of my ability. Like even abundance and scarcity is something I've been working on for the last year or so. And I realized now writing, I'd written myself notes when I started doing the work, I got pretty good at recognizing present abundance, mm-hmm. but I'd written myself looking projected abundance. So like, you know, that whole concept of sort of recognizing that you already have the things you're going yeah. for. Yeah. And I realized I was looking at it just yesterday because I was trying to rewrite those goals. And I was like, oh, I actually forgot that part of the practice. Mm. And the same thing applies in our relationship. We have, I, you know, again, I, I don't think this is too much for this pocket. Like, half the time we end up having sex, we're like, Oh my God, how are we, how are we still having this amazing sex after 18 years? Like we say that out loud to each other. We're like, Holy hell. Like I didn't, which is a dream. Yeah. Yeah. And and yet it doesn't mean that we're not constantly exploring in what ways can make it more fun, more exciting. Yeah. Try new things. Right. So both, like I want to really appreciate what's here and be open to the growth. And that's a, that's a real ongoing practice for me. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. And so, on that topic, um, oh, so what, when, because when you get into the bedroom, and I think this is the same for probably a lot of us, it's like when we do get there and when we do um, get turned on 
right? So that, that in itself is kind of a first barrier at times, but then it can be amazing. But so, but the, the step to first getting in the bed and then allowing for like a period of arousal where maybe your head is kind of like in the phone or what you have to do. And it takes a moment to actually go, okay, I'm going to surrender to the experience. What do you all do? I'd love to hear to get through those sort of first two gates in a way, right? It's like the so gate hard. of like getting in the bedroom. And then when you're in the bedroom, like, so okay, no. Sophie texts me, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm, she didn't even text. You didn't even text. I'm leaving yoga. He said, can you join me in the shower? Mm. I was reading the text walking upstairs. <laughs> so just to be very fair, I will drop my phone he's, in yeah, the pool. He's, he's left, I think. <laughs> Well, yeah, talking, it's different. Maybe, maybe it's different for, for us. I'm not going to say all men, but in our situation, it's like, like you said earlier, I hold so many balls in the air and I'm managing so many different things and it's hard to hold the masculine and the feminine all day long. And so, because I'm so much in that structural, I'm taking care of everyone and everything in our life that it's, really hard to switch gears. So now I'm learning about myself that if I have a thought, I need to follow that thought because I don't really let those thoughts come into my mind mm. throughout the day. I am focused. I am mm. not, I, I'm not a daydreamer. I don't do that. I don't let myself do that. I am focused. I'm grounded. I am triple earth. I am feet on the ground. I'm here. Yeah. And yeah. so I, and there's a lot of things to you know, you can call yeah. them obligations or you can call them like these beautiful gifts that are in my life. It is a very full life and yeah. I do it well and I want to keep doing it well. However, I'm not going to have a lot of fun if I don't yeah. follow a little bit of those stream of consciousness. Okay. So the yeah. first then thing is if you have the thought like, Ooh, it might be fun to masturbate or to mm -hmm. uh, take a sexy picture or to invite if your partner's at home with you to invite my partner into the shower with me. Yeah. And so to not sort of disregard that thought and to mm. let the part of you that wants to get shit done override it. Like, yes. which I think could happen. It's kind of like a follow through. It's like, yeah, it's follow through. It's like, okay, I have this thought. It's going to die here because I'm not following mm -hmm. through on my own when I get home because life will happen. Mm -hmm. So now it's accountability. It's like, so that's when I'm you text him it to him. It. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. So that's really beautiful because then you're allowing yourself to be witnessed in the desire. Vulnerable. Be very vulnerable. Any resistance mm -hmm. comes in or. And I want to say, other. because this is Alexandra's podcast, she's, we have very different sexual like tenacities and ways. And I'm not typically someone who's very comfortable talking like that. I don't, I came from a relationship a long time ago that was very abusive and repressive. And so just for any women, maybe that are listening or men, like I am not someone who like sex or you've had I to just, work hard to feel I that I wasn't free. even allowed to think those thoughts. So I have, when I think the thought, I have to actively force myself to take action on that and follow through or it will just die because, yeah. and then he assumes you have no thoughts and it's not that it's that mm. I was taught to let those thoughts die and to push it away because it was quote bad mm -hmm. and it's not bad. It's beautiful. And it could be a connection point for us. So, for, so for me, I'm not someone that can just sex all day and just like feel really comfortable like that. I can't for do me, that either. <laughs> well, no, not but, saying we, you are, but, but we went through a phase, like I'll say it this way. We learn, I have to be much more judicious with how I text Sophie about those things or when I do it, because what would happen is she would feel pressure for me. 
Uh-huh. Like if I would share with her whenever I wanted to have sex or even just have any intimate time, because there was so much going on for her, she would feel like what I'm saying is I need it now. It's one more Drop person needing something from me. Right. So, and this one oh, involves like in your body. It's a lot. Yeah. So now I have to be present, add this to my to-do list. It's one more thing that I have to show up and be present for to make my man happy. But instead, if I can look at it as like, this is going to connect us. It's going to drop me into my body. I want to feel the pleasure too. It will bring us closer. Our fee- our family will feel the love too. After like, It's a million good reasons to do it, but I would get, I would get lost in my head and then it would go away. So now yeah. it's take action, connect yeah. him in, even if it is my own thing, like, Hey, I'm going to touch myself later. I just want to share that with you. Or I did touch myself earlier it can just be a, an intimate connection point instead of it. Like doesn't always have to involve him in a, in a physical way, but to remind myself, include him because then it also forces me to do the thing and like motivates me to want to follow through. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that I love about this is because Sophie did come from a relationship where sex was not safe. Mm-hmm. And so that's hard for me to remember because I don't have that in my history. And, and, you know, there's, there's a huge empathy. It's like a big empathy gap from to go from, well, like when we first met, she was like, how can you just be turned on by all these people all the time? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's, it, I'm not looking for it. It just happens pretty naturally. And it's happened since I was a kid. It's not like, but for her, there was so much trauma involved that that was unsafe. So she was, she found ways to block what was naturally happening to me. So it took us years to meet in the middle on that, first of mm. all. And the second piece now is, you know, I crave and want, those moments from Sophie. So even I, cause I think it was like a year ago or two years ago that I was like, just share them with me. Even if we can hook up, just yeah. let me know you're having the thought. Yeah. He was, he said one time, like, you don't, but you don't even think that way. I'm like, of course I do. He's like, you do. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, mm. well, share them with me. I'm like, okay. And then I just started sharing them, but it's like, it's funny for anyone in any relationship, we make assumptions about what's going on with the other. If the other doesn't yeah. share it, why would you assume otherwise? Yeah. 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 It, and then for a lot of couples, I don't know how many can relate to this part, but when Sophie does go there, you know, sometimes sex is good. And sometimes sex, like Sophie just lets go of all her inhibitions. She shows up and she's a fucking animal. And in all, in all ways, that pun works. And I tell her, I, I make a point of telling her, like, when we're in that moment, I'm like, I love seeing you like this because yeah. I can tell she's so free. It's like she, for whatever reason, the, the circumstances were right for her to let go of all those yeah, inhibitions. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> it takes, it takes a lot. so much to let go. Me too. It's just like, it a it's lot. a lot. I mean, unless but you're on you drugs or, you know, whatever, yeah. but it's, yeah. You see oh, yeah. it like she just, it's this Opens. other part that Sophie's not able to access the vast majority of the rest of our times. Yeah. And if I. How do you call that out of her? Sorry, I interrupted you. But Molly, like, no, no. I mean, MD, MDMA was one of the first ways that she was able to connect. That, to that was that was a medicine. And then you had like a, a touchstone to go back to because you yeah. knew what it felt so, like. So now yeah. she can sometimes reach that place without it, but yeah. she wouldn't let herself get near it before without it. Mm. Um, and it's music. It's, you know, it's yeah. candles. What do we call her? Chloe. It's Chloe. I'm I. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. You guys are so Um, generous. These people are generous to reveal to to, all this to you. People who are listening, right? (laughs) Be grateful. Um, 
I'm also, a, I am a Taurus, double Taurus. So I'm super sensual. I'm in my body. I, I like some like beautiful things. So like if yeah. the room's a mess, we're done. <laughs> if it's, yeah. it needs to be, and I know that. So I'll just take 10 extra minutes to just make the bed before we get into it or light yeah. candles. Like the, if the lighting's too harch, I'm me just too. like, Oh, get me out of here. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so little things like that, that I know about myself, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be dirty necessarily. Like I Mm -hmm. like it when we both smell good, you know? And like, sometimes if it's after a run and we're both on the same page, that's beautiful. But you know, like it bothers me the whole time if one of us smells. So like, what's the point, you know? So like, I'm just (laughs) being honest, these little things. Yeah. It's like, then it takes you out out of the moment. Well, did you guys read that book? Come as you are. Did you read that? No. Um, but one thing she talks about in that book is kind of like the things that put the brakes on for each of us are so mm. different. Yeah. And so if you're a person that's really connected to your senses, mm-hmm. then the things that would put the brakes on to you, maybe it would be connected to your senses. Like a funky smell would like turn your, um, your accelerator would, you know, kind of let off. She talks about it in terms of like brakes and acceleration. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, but that's interesting because for someone else, they probably, it wouldn't matter at all. You know, right. and I which think, is why it's so important to have these conversations outright. And that's something yeah. you just didn't know. At Without first. shame. It's like, what what yeah. do you like? What do you not like? What do you, and like, we've talked about this a million times where you're going to just say this, that people don't talk about this normally. Just, Nobody. We hold, we yeah. hold retreats and workshops for married couples. Yeah. I think we asked this question in the one that we co-led with you. There are couples that have been married for 15 years. They've literally never sat down in the room and said, what do you like? What do you like best? Like what turns you on the most? And it's right. mind boggling. I never thought about it. Like what? You've never asked this question to your person that you have the most sex with. And as you're mentioning, it's really important. What turns you off? Yeah. Because you're so right. Like if you do the thing that doesn't really massively turn me on, but it still feels good, I'm going along with it. But if you hit one of those break buttons, it's fucking over. And if I didn't know that I hit a break button and I'm having a hard time understanding why we're not having sex. But every time we start, I turn the lights on because I really like lights. And for you, it's like game over. Yeah. I'm going to be really frustrated I know. Literally not understanding that what I'm doing for you is I'm just killing your sex drive yeah. every single time. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's just like, it's awkward. We just have to get over the fact that it's awkward. Like yeah. you have to sometimes stop in the middle of what you're doing and go, uh, I'm, this isn't personal and yeah. I, totally I don't like am that. shutting down because yeah. like I really don't like my nipples sucked yeah. right now. Yeah. But maybe yeah. in two weeks I will. Because yeah. I'll be at a different point in my, my menstrual cycle or something. And, yeah. mm. and and it's like just saying that stuff. I mean, I experience it because I love my partner so much. I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to hurt his feelings. The stakes are so much higher with someone we love so much. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you you offend them, they could be offended for the next five hours or something. Mm-hmm. So you sort of kind of try to swallow it. You're like, whatever, just keep doing that thing. And then they're like, uh, yo, I can tell you're not into it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll I'll say my perspective, obviously only, and I I can only speak for that. I want the roadmap. Yeah. Like, and maybe this is the different at forties than in my, when I was 18 and 19 and 25, but like, again, right. One of the things I love is seeing Sophie all in. And one of the ways I get her to be all in is by pushing the right buttons. Mm -hmm. And then she loses it because there is the thought just disappears and she's just in the visceral f- amazingness of, of sex. And so I want to know what the buttons are. Like if I could, if she, if I could think that I would go like, okay, make me an exact list. And she could, uh, I probably would. And 
we've discovered a lot of the things that work and a lot of things that don't work. And I think that's that's probably still part of the reason why there is an ongoing quest. I think and it's also we're changing. Sorry. And yeah. we're changed. We evolve. We change. What I need today is not what I need last week. And also my reality is that it's really full. And part of what I need is space too. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of slow too. Like I do I'm a lot of things. To, yeah. I'm like, slow. I, I, it takes <laughs> me a while to warm me up. Like I can't yeah. do that thing in, in 15 minutes. I just can't because it yeah. takes me that long to drop in. And I think that that's okay. That's part of, uh, I think that a lot of women like statistically yeah. and stuff that we just take a lot, we can not all, not everybody, but we can take a lot longer yeah. to enter into arousal. And I always think that if I'm in, have a really heady day where I've gotten a lot of things done and I've been really alert, focused, like you said, that for me to then drop into slow, yummy, juicy, yummy, pussy opening, yeah. like it's going to take a minute. Cause it's gonna I've, take a minute. I've been take a minute. really directed and really focused, which also feels incredible, but it's just, it's, it's a different thing, you know? Yeah. And that's why having a practice where, um, you, you may be like in a non kind of polarized place all day, right? Where maybe you're kind of both in like a boss mode or et cetera, but having some sort of a practice, even that becomes something that you just do, you know, whether it's, um, a D, you know, taking your phone and give me that and like going, Mm -hmm. get on the bed, be quiet, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever it is for you. That is a turn on that, that allows you to go, okay, uh, I'm I'm switching gears or like taking a shower yeah. or like taking yeah. off your work clothes or yeah. um, I think that those type of actually physical things that we do can be helpful. But sometimes I, I say that and then I, I find it hard to find them in the moment. I, I kind of, Oh, get, definitely. You know, definitely. Um, yeah. Sometimes it is, even though watching shows can sometimes just be an escape, it's watching something that, you know, allows you to let go and get, put in a different headspace and yeah. my nervous we watch something every night and my nervous I actually felt it in my body last night I was like this is the first time I've let go yeah for so long and when he's out of town I don't watch TV by myself I just don't I'm not interested but for us huh. together I feel safe with him yeah and when we're both let lying down horizontal like we're just there's the kids are asleep. I get to just relax. So I, yeah. as long as it's something we both enjoy, I get to actually let go and it's not to go to sleep. I'm still conscious. I'm yeah. still, and it allows my body to just relax. And that's, you know, to, to one person, something can be poison to another it's medicine. Like that time at night for me is medicine and it's consuming, mm-hmm. you know, TV, which a lot of people feel like is the devil. But to me, it's medicine because I get to just relax and not have to do anything for anyone. And from a scientific standpoint, and Adi, you may probably be better at kind of you know, quantifying this, but I, I, from a scientific standpoint, it seems like, okay, you have two nervous systems that are not yeah. doing anything and you're both focused on the same thing that mm. is kind of a neutral thing, right? It's not like you're both focused on your uh, doing the bills. You're right. focused on something that's neutral. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you're laying together and your nervous systems are kind of calibrating and regulating in a certain way without talking and without. And that's what you actually taught me to be more deliberate about. And yeah. I catch myself sometimes remembering to do and sometimes not. But that's that the holding and breathing together and holding a breath container. Yeah. 
I need that interim. Like I need that little in-between space. I can't just go right into switching gears. So that allows me to calm down Yeah, and then we connect. And then I feel yeah, like I I'm safe. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, yeah. because it's like you could do that with alcohol or you could watch 30 yeah. minutes of a show or an hour yeah. of a show that yeah. you actually enjoy yeah. and have a little bit of regulation and co-regulation and also relaxation um, you know, I appreciate that as well. I actually really appreciate that as an alternative to, you know, eating sweets or drinking yeah. or doing something we else. We barely drink now at home. No. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. And I don't want to, I can't afford the hangover the next day. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I don't, I got to get up at six 30. I don't want to, uh-huh. <laughs> those yeah. kids are up and at them. Like, I don't have time I to be hung over. So at I least know. like that allows me to like, let go. But yeah, I mean, I think all of these things are just it to have a lasting relationship with someone you want to stay together with. And, and it's like, it's our choice every day. We decide yeah. every day to choose one another. I decide that I want a D at this version of who he is. And I will continue to make that choice for as long as I decide that I want to make that choice. And we have an agreement that the minute one of us feels like it's, you know, that it's not love anymore. We don't want to keep trying. Or we, there no questions asked, just respect because that's, it's a choice. We get to choose each other every day. And I think that's what the secret is to a long lasting successful relationship is choosing you each having a choice and the choice is each other. Mm. Mm, Thank you guys so much. I know we could talk forever and I know we kind of spent a while with me setting myself up here, but I'm so glad to take the time. You are both Mm. very busy and, um, you know, I, I hope people can continue to explore their work. Any of my audience who doesn't know Sophie and Adi, they have incredible podcasts and platforms and gifts and offerings that they vulnerably share. We have a, a share retreat coming up oh, um, November, November 18th through 21 in Topanga, California, really close to Los Angeles at a lovely space. So um, if you're hearing this, you're probably one of the first to hear and there's probably some spots left. So come if you feel inspired to spend a few days with us in person. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you all. Love you all so much. Thank everyone for listening. See you again soon. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all of that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon. <laughs>